Hello and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ Fed Talks. I'm still using my old microphone that has fallen apart and I have to hold by hand because once again, the good one is on my desk. The new one is on my desk at work. I can't call it the good one until I've tried it, huh? Uh, so I apologize for that. Uh, this is my second attempt to record because I started off the last attempt uh, trying to fill you in on my recent lifestyle changes where I'm trying to lose weight and I ended up talking about my bowels and honestly it got right around to the the four minute mark and it was like there is not one second of this that anybody would would want to hear uh I mean just to hit the high point I compared my butthole to the the uh, the cell where they keep Magneto in the X-Men movies that's made of all plastic uh, so he can't uh, manipulate anything and it's completely inescapable. Uh, even that is making me think I should start over, but look, we're just going to plow forward. At some point I have to, to have to face repercussions for my actions. And my actions being that I'm gross. Uh, still doing a good good job with uh, with my new lifestyle and weight loss. Uh, there is still no visible evidence of any change, which is, I'll be honest with you, a bummer. Uh, I kind of, I mean, like I know the numbers. The numbers are getting better, but I I kind of want something to show for it because it sucks, and I'm trying hard, and I look as bad as I did. Uh, prior to prior to everything, frankly. So I don't know I don't know what's happening. I think my internal organs are all just smaller now. Probably my bones are thinner. Uh, but there's there's no there's there's no actual change, which is uh, just... I don't know. The second that happens where it's like where because here's the thing. A lot of times when you're when you're a bigger guy, if you lose even a little bit of weight, people will make a big deal over it as if you've uh, come back from the brink. And I've had that before. And, you know, you know, it, it's it's all nonsense and everything. But uh, I'm getting into a, a a amount that I'm proud of and. Uh, nobody has noticed. Also, I'm aware that really nobody cares, so I probably don't need to talk about it every week. Uh, but honestly, if I'm going to only talk about things people care about, I don't know, man. I don't think I have a show. Uh, trying to come up with an example of a thing people would care about, and I can't even think of that. I'm very bad at this. Uh, I did, I'm going, I'm adding a segment, uh, which will probably just be a couple minutes every week unless there's, uh, I decided I wanted to rewatch the Marvel movies in order. And when I say in order, I mean in release order. I'm not going to do chronological order where I watch, you know, the first 20 minutes of Eternals and then the first Captain America and then Captain Marvel. No, in the order they came out. Uh, cause there's so many of them and I enjoy almost all of them and as a result of there being so many there's a bunch that I haven't seen in a long time 
honestly, during uh, during pandemic, I pretty much I watched Ragnarok, Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, and Endgame a lot. But there's a bunch that I just haven't gone back to, and I think it'd be fun to rewatch them. So I'm going to watch one a week, and then I'll talk about it for a couple minutes. Um, it might be fun, uh, like if I can get get a guest who wants to talk about a, a particular movie, we might do a whole episode on it. Uh, uh, I know some people would like to do Guardians. Uh, uh, Summer would be real good for Ragnarok or or Black Widow. So that's all. That's all. We'll see. Uh, and there's sometimes, I mean, I don't think I'm going to have much to say about Iron Man 2. Let's be honest. Uh, but I think it'll be fun. So I'm going to start that next week with Iron Man. And uh, I was I was trying to decide between uh, Marvel and James Bond. And the what it ultimately comes down to is there's more Marvel movies that I am looking forward to watching. I love James Bond. I love the James Bond franchise. And my favorite movies in there, I'd watch any day of the week, but there's a bunch that they can be hard to get through. Uh, and some of the dumber ones I really enjoy, but like right off, I don't really like the Sean Connery Bond movies. I think they're uh, I mean, the first one, Doctor No, is one of the most boring movies I've ever seen. So I'm just thinking, oh, I gotta, gotta. I mean, right off, you start with that. It just sounds like a bummer. I'll, I might do that after Marvel, but I'm, uh, I'm kind of psyched to do Marvel first. Because uh, I mean, we're at like 26 movies or something by now, and there's only like three of them that I, I'm, that I feel like might be kind of a slog. Because uh, it's been years, and I'm still not. Uh, and maybe it'll turn out that Incredible Hulk was better than I remembered. But and Iron Man 2 had some fun performances. But, you know, Eternals was not that long ago. And I. that's not one I'm psyched to rewatch. But, you know, it's fine. It's well made. It's just whatever. But the point is, I think it'll be fun. So that's what I'm going to do. Rewatch Marvel movies. Let's get reacquainted with my old friends, Ant-Man and Nebula. Who are maybe my two favorite characters. That's why I pulled them out like that. Ah, maybe Loki. Loki's top three. Look, we could do this all day. But that's a programming note. That'll just be a feature going forward. Uh, and if you're a friend of mine and you have a movie, uh, a particular favorite you'd like to to talk about, Hey, let me know and we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll consider it as if uh, I'm going to, going to, I'm going to have a lot of candidates and I don't know, a lot of people are going to want to do uh, Dr. Strange. Uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, and what the heck? I, I, I think today I'm just going to catch up on some TV, uh, not much happened last week. I've been sort of uh, uh, <laughs> borderline miserable the last couple of weeks due to weather and not sleeping and uh, and old man depression knocking on the window sometimes. Uh, so I haven't really, I don't really have uh, much in the way of of uh, things 
things in life that will be interesting to anybody. So, hey, let's get with some TV. And I have to say, I am watching less TV now than I have watched maybe at any time, definitely at any time since I was writing about TV. So, you know, definitely since 2007. And part of it is so much of it is streaming now, so it's not, urge. you know, it's not... Uh, you know, you'd hear about a show and it'd be like, oh, I, I better, I'm going to have to record that and watch it. You know, there's a million things on Netflix that I've, people have told me are good and they'll still be on Netflix in six weeks or whatever. I'm, you know, that it sort of takes away the, the urgency. And especially if it's, a, you know, a little bit older, there's not really a, lot, a ton of conversation about it. So it's not like I feel like I'm missing out. You know, I'm not going to get, season three of Ozark accidentally spoiled for me. Uh, I mean, I could. The world's weird. Who knows what people talk about? So, honestly, if there's any good shows I should be watching, let me know. I have a TV-shaped hole in my life. I think part of it, too, is uh, having gotten rid of cable and, and going all streaming. Everything I watch now is an active choice. There isn't a, a just turn on the TV and whatever happens to be on that channel will be the background for when I do something. Uh, and uh, it's also meant things that I are so, were sort of on the bubble for me were just real easy to walk away from. Like, I'll watch Walking Dead if it's coming into my living room, but if I have to go onto an app and then choose to watch that over anything else I could be doing... I'm, I'm, I'm out. Uh, also, I was watching the Super Bowl with my, with my, my Sunday friends the other day, you know, the day the Super Bowl was on and they, there was an ad for, for Walking Dead. And I was trying to explain how that is the show that now convinced me that I, I don't think there is ever a time when I will watch a whole TV show just because I think somebody on it is attractive. Uh, I don't know whether I'm uh, probably just dead inside now or too snobby, but, you know, there was a time when I'd watch a, an entire season just for that reason, and I, I can't get through an episode of Walking Dead no matter how much Maggie is in it. So that's... I don't know, it's my new life. It's very freeing. Um, so what is good? For, oh, I do. I have a BattleBots-related possible retraction. Uh, if you've been listening to when I talk about BattleBots, you know I have kind of beef with Tombstone. And one of the things was I don't like the, the driver's attitude. And as soon as I said that, the very next episode, and I specifically said they'd never show him watching other matches or cheering for anybody. And as soon as I said that, the next episode had multiple shots of him in the audience watching other fights on an episode he was not on and seemingly having the time of his life. So uh, it is very likely that I've fallen for a villain edit. And they've shifted into giving the villain edit to uh, uh, Reese Ewart and Hydra. And that seems pretty warranted because he really seems like a bully. Uh, although he, despite seeming like a 
like somebody who would be a Trump guy uh, took a shot at at Trump during BattleBots. Uh, not a, not a literal shot. I feel like I need more context for it. But he said something about Trump being the most hated man on TV. Uh, it's like, wow, that is not something I expected out of that guy. So we have that in common at least. But uh, that's not a lot to... Uh, you know, it's it, it's one thing he has, but uh, so you know what? Apologies to the to 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 Ray Billings of Tombstone. Uh, I still do enjoy when Tombstone loses because it's so ridiculously overpowered, and a lot of times they set it up with uh, uh they set it up with what should be easy wins because they really want him in the finals, and. Uh, so it is funny when kind of an underpowered robot beats it. Um, but I'm I I I'm I'm kind of turning a corner on old Ray because uh, now I think I got suckered. Good job, editors. Um, hey, I'm actually watching some network sitcoms, which I never thought would happen. I mean, it's happened a million times in the past. I just didn't think it would ever happen again. Uh, these are all on Hulu, as well as being TV shows. Uh, one that I think is quite good is Abbott Elementary, which is a, a comedy about public school teachers. It's sort of a, I think it's explicitly an inner city school. It's definitely a drastically underfunded school. And it's, you know, it does have a lot of stuff like teachers having to set up like go on TikTok to beg for money for supplies and a lot of things that are very real and depressing and uh which I think uh I don't know I'm kind of glad that something like this is on TV because that is a real thing and it's one that I as a a childless man uh do not often think about um I sometimes forget what whether school is in session at various times of the year, and I'm always surprised when it's like, oh yeah, kids would be in school today. Uh, it's February, uh, but it's good. It's very, it's charming and funny. Uh, it, it's got an interesting voice. Uh, I like it. I'm 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 glad it's on. I can't remember. I think it was friend of the show Haley who who directed me to it. So thanks to her for that. Uh, also, in the, uh, these two are on NBC, and I think they are the same night. Uh, uh, American Auto is from the creator of Superstore. It's the Superstore follow-up. It's about executives at a failing car company, which I guess just means an American car company. And it hasn't quite hit the... Uh, uh, it's not as immediately appealing as Superstore, but it's... It's very, it's, it's funny and weird, and the characters are starting to click now. And um, I sort of miss the, 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 the humanity that was more on display in Superstore, but it's a, maybe it's a little easier to tell those stories about uh, uh, blue-collar workers over white-collar workers. I don't know, but it's, 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 it's good. I like it. Uh, like, I mean, 
you all know how I fell in love with Superstore late in the game. So for me to say it's good, but it's no, it's no Superstore. I mean, most things aren't. Uh, but it's got the thumbs up from this fella, which I'm sure they were very worried about. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Superstore, my thing now is that I get up early in the morning, and before work, I go to one of the one of the big stores near my office, like Walmart or Meyer. And if you don't live in the Midwest, Meyer is a regional Walmart that's maybe a little upscale. It's not fancy, but it's less, uh, it's better maintained. And I hate it when people, when, when people get real, uh, uh, elitist about Walmart and that people of Walmart stuff that sucks. Uh, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with Walmart. There's no shame in going to Walmart. Uh, honestly, most of us need to go there because it's affordable. Uh, I, I don't want to, I, I do not look down on Walmart at all. That's, that would be gross. Uh, I will, however, say, and maybe it's a result of me spending so much time there lately and, you know, possibly labor shortages from COVID, uh, they are not especially well-maintained. The shelves are a mess. And, uh, you know, that's, there, there's a lot of reasons that could be, but it seems like there's a little more effort into keeping Meyer presentable. Uh, oh, and the reason I brought up those stores, uh, I go in early and I just, I just do a couple laps of the store. It helps me get in my steps. It's, it's much too cold to walk around outside. So that's my best option. And I can get up a little early and bust out like 4,000 steps before I even start work. And, uh, that's been, that's been pretty good, but I've, uh, you know, sometimes I get in just early enough. It's just me and the stock crew. And I think I talked about the grocery store robot at Meyer. Uh, he's very cute. His name is Tally. Uh, I noticed today that when you walk past him, he makes a little chirping noise as if he's saying hello. Uh, he's the best. Uh, Walmart, there seems to be a little more interpersonal drama. I think there it's maybe a smaller staff, so they know each other better. And it's really got kind of superstore vibes where I'm kind of just from walking through the same sections every every other morning I'm sort of picking up on running threads like the guy who's always trying to convince his coworkers he has more friends than he clearly does uh, but the the best thing was last week there was a panicked announcement on the, the store loudspeaker where somebody just really sounded like things were going wrong called for an emergency meeting in the stock room in five minutes and uh, I'm left wondering, what exactly do I do? <laughs> Should I not be in the store anymore? Is there some sort of loose snake situation? Or uh, is it going to follow an a fire further an employee storyline? I don't know what it is. And I start to, what if I decided, I mean, can I get out? If everybody's going to the stock room, are they going to lock the doors or something? It just felt like something I shouldn't have been there for. But also, I'm the only customer there. I feel like they should have let me come in just to, like, 
should have let me into whatever this emergency meeting was just so I could uh, have uh, just so I could be in the loop, you know? I'm not asking them to... It's not like a full store. It's one person. Let me know if I'm in danger. Uh, so anyway, that, that makes me think of Superstore, just the, uh, the weird the weird shelf-stocking uh, drama I get to see occasionally now. Uh, Walmart does not have a robot. Uh, also, man, there's a lot of empty shelves right now. Like, and, and I mean, that that's a matter of degree. To live in America is to live among ridiculous abundance. But I have never in my life seen so many just empty or or almost empty shelves and I know some of that's supply chain stuff and some of it's probably, you know, people being out with COVID. So they're not, there's, the shelves aren't getting restocked as fast, but especially in the grocery section, you can go through and just see whole empty sections, which I've never seen before. And, you know, it might be that we're, we're transitioning to the kind of country where, uh, Guess what? There just aren't baked beans available right now. Come back next week. And which maybe would be better for all of us, but it's it's weird. It's weird to see a section of shelves so empty that I'm not sure what was being sold there. Uh, but nobody's here for my deep economic thoughts. So, And honestly, what do I know? Nothing. Uh to get back to the other network sitcom I think is good it's called Grand Crew um, and it was created by, by Phil Augusta Jackson who used to write for Brooklyn Nine-Nine and so it's kind of from the the uh, Michael Schur, Dan Gore production offices who are guys with pretty solid hit rates and Grand Crew is just a show about, about a group of friends uh, the uh the i mean the way they presented the hook the hook of the show when they announced it was it was about a group of black friends which you know is not uh not exactly high concept right so seemingly since uh networks don't know how to market shows unless there's a unless they have like a high concept and they can't just say hey this show's good this show's funny. The cast is funny. You should watch it. What they emphasize in the marketing is the wine angle. And the the bit is just that they can't go to their old bar anymore, so they hang out at a wine bar, which, you know, is just a place for them to have scenes as a group set when nobody's at work or at home. You know, it's the coffee shop from Friends, but NBC is really leaning on the wine aspect in... In, in like the advertising, which does make it seem like a show about uh, uh, people in their 30s who are really getting into wine. And it's it's just a setting, but it's it's very funny. Uh, um, it's a great cast. It's a good show. That's another one that's worth watching. Um, <laughs> the, the first episode, though, has this. Like, it's got these bumpers where Garrett Morris talks directly to the audience and seemingly explains that you're going to be watching a show about black people. And 
it's not funny enough to be satirical and it's not interesting enough to be like, oh, this is a cool device. It's just weird. Uh, that disappeared after the first episode and it'd be nice for Garrett Morris to get work, but also I guess he was on Two Broke Girls, which ran for like 90 years. So Garrett Morris is doing fine, guys. Um, man, what other shows are good? I haven't really talked much about The Righteous Gemstones on HBO, which is a show I love. Uh, but it feels like I'm too low on time to get into that. But I'm I'm a sucker for Danny McBride stuff. This is maybe the Danny McBrideest of the Danny McBride stuff, and uh, it's also got Walton Goggins. Uh, my theory is that Walton Goggins is the best actor currently working because. Sometimes you'll see a performance from somebody and you think, oh, I like I'll never be able to see them as anybody but that character. Like it's just so so lived in, like it's just so fully committed. And that happens to a lot of people who play like beloved characters on, on popular shows where they never do another thing that connects because nobody can uh can shake this thing that they're known for. And the thing is, Walton Goggins does that every time. Like every show he's been on, my reaction has been, oh, I'm never going to be able to see him as any, anything but, uh, I mean, it started on The Shield where he played Shane Vendrell and I thought it was a terrific performance, but I, I, that character did so many loathsome things that I hated him that much. And I'm like, I don't ever want to see him again because I will not. I'm only going to see Shane Vendrell and I will never like a character he plays. And then, of course, he does Justified where, where Boyd Crowder is one of the, the great performances of the, of the last, uh, you know, of, of the 2000s. And it's like, well, surely I can't, uh, can't imagine, I can't, I'm just going to see Boyd Crowder from now on. Then he does uh, Vice Principals, which is only two short seasons. But uh, uh, Lee Russell is such a fully realized character who is not, you know, other than other than Walton Goggins accent and imposing figure uh, is a completely different character than those guys. And now he does it again in Righteous Gemstones where he plays Reverend Baby Billy, who is much older than his actual. I, I, he's got to be in his 70s. He plays an old TV preacher and it's fantastic. And every time he does a character, it's like, well, I'm just going to see that uh, the next time I see him in something. And that's, you know, hardly anybody achieves that. And he does it every time at bat. It's amazing. That was a sports metaphor in there just for the heck of it. Uh, so that's my controversial opinion. Walton Goggins, good at acting. Uh Disenchantment is back. Uh, that's Matt Groening's animated show set in a fantasy world. I really like the stuff Matt Groening produces. Uh, we've talked about The Simpsons, Futurama, which is making a comeback. And boy, do I hope they work it out with uh, John DiMaggio to come back as Bender. That's, I'm not willing to say that I won't watch it if it's if he's not on it, but because I love Futurama so very much. But also... Uh, uh, John DiMaggio rules and anybody else's bender would be kind of a bummer. You know, hey, if I can say this, 
The Simpsons, a lot of animated shows. I mean, most of the major ones, and The Simpsons just did it, where they uh, decided to be more vigilant about not having actors voice characters of other races. And in the case of The Simpsons, part of it was just... uh, 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 pragmatism because they did not have very many actors when the show started and it was pretty much they had three guys who could do a million voices and just went at it and uh, so it never seemed it, it never seemed as weird as like on Big Mouth where Jenny Slate uh, is the voice of a of a young black girl who's race is kind of central to a lot of the stories like there is never a moment of the Simpsons where it matters uh, where Dr. Hibbert or Lou's race is uh, matters in any way but I think it's still a good thing I'm not I'm not saying yeah let the white guys keep doing it no it's it's the right thing to do I just understand why it maybe didn't occur to anybody and I think it's maybe going poorly because a lot of those characters haven't really appeared much lately. Like Lou the cop, I, and although maybe they're kind of downplaying the cops now because it's 2022 and incompetent police officers is not as automatically hilarious as it used to be. But uh, uh, the new Dr. Hibbert voice has appeared a couple of times and... It might be Kevin Michael Richardson. I can't remember. Uh, but I've got to be honest with you. New Dr. Hibbert sounds like he maybe never heard Dr. Hibbert talk before. <laughs> it's, and maybe that's the idea is to make, make it your own. Uh, but it's a little jarring. Uh, that is my controversial opinion is that they're doing the right thing, but I don't like Dr. Hibbert's new voice. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm not afraid to wade into controversy after 33 seasons. <laughs> a small change is confusing to me. <laughs> I'm going to contact my congressman. But yeah, it's the right thing to do. Uh, and you know, every cartoon character is going to sound different eventually. So that's live with it, I guess, man. I don't know. I feel like I was going somewhere with that. Uh, uh, last one I want to mention, because the season finale is coming up this week and they are calling it a season finale, even though it was billed as a mini series. So hopefully that means we're going to see more of my new friend, Peacemaker. Uh, here's the thing about Peacemaker. Uh, and I, I mentioned this in the past, is that based on his character in, in The Suicide Squad, I had no interest in watching this guy again. Like, I think John Cena does a really good job, but the character is portrayed in the movie was such a monster that even though he was funny, you didn't want to spend more time with him. And uh, this has turned out to do such a good job of fleshing him out and finding what makes him work and uh, I like James Gunn a lot and uh, the problem with the Suicide Squad movie is it it did not it didn't have that 
like there's a sweetness to Guardians of the Galaxy, even though these people are all kind of a mess and they don't super get along, but they become a family and it's there is this sweetness to it where it feels like there's real emotions in it. And uh, Suicide Squad never got there and it felt mean spirited without sort of that break. And Peacemaker is just nailing it. Uh, I am so emotionally involved with these idiots. Uh, it is going to break my heart when I feel like definitely somebody's going to die in the finale. Uh, my money's on Vigilante or Adebayo. Uh, Vigilante because he's an idiot, Adebayo because she's got a wife and it'll be the saddest for her, especially if she uh, Peacemaker doesn't forgive her before it happens. Uh, I hope none of them die. I just feel like it's going to happen. Also, if Vigilante dies and they do another season, I hope they introduce Wild Dog, who's a <laughs> who's a a comics character who is more like the comic vigi or more like TV Vigilante than comic Vigilante is. Uh, Wild Dog wears a hockey mask to fight hometown crime, uh, and he he'd actually be a very good Danny McBride character. Uh, but I hope everybody makes it and then we still see Wild Dog anyway. I'd just like another season. Uh, and one thing I think is really cool, besides, I, I love the way it invokes a lot of DC stuff in a way that feels kind of natural and makes it feel like it's part of a bigger world, which this, I, I, which I talked about, the stuff that's more explicitly set in a bigger world has not been able to do. Uh, so much of it still feels original. Like, uh, even in the Marvel stuff, which I which I like a lot, nobody's creating a new character. Uh, even if they do, they, they will assign it the name of an existing character. Like, uh, uh, the reason Peter, Peter Parker's best friend is Ned Leeds is uh, because there's a guy in the comics named Ned Leeds. He is not, uh, you know, a young Asian teenager who is Peter Parker's best friend. He's a he's a middle-aged man who married Betty Brant and became the Hobgoblin. But they they just reuse that name. And there's a little of that in uh in Peacemaker. I mean, like uh, uh, some of the team is completely new. Uh, uh, Steve Agee's character Economos was. There was a guy with that name in early issues of Suicide Squad, and he, I mean, they probably just picked it because he looked the most like Steve Agee. He was just a guy with a beard and glasses who sometimes was at briefings. And uh, there was a Harcourt in the comics, and she was a Russian double agent who didn't last very long. So, uh, you know, these characters are created from whole cloth, but the the butterflies there's not really a precedent for them in the comics i mean there's you know there's body snatchers everywhere in real world and in fiction but there's not really an attempt to to make them like an existing alien race that would make people like me do the leonardo pointing meme uh and it would be very easy to do he could tweak them a little and make them the sheeta from seven soldiers but uh they didn't, and there's something really cool about the fact that he's that uh, James Gunn created a new, a new villain essentially, and 
nobody's really done that for the for either the Marvel or DC franchises. Uh, you kind of see it in Doom Patrol because they've done some wacky ass stuff, but for the most part, uh, it's all just playing with the tools that exist. And this has done a good job of creating new stuff. Uh, and I hope they, I hope he does more. Um, I think I'm going to write something about how much I like Peacemaker for the Apive. So check that out. I had a bunch more stuff I wanted to say, and now I saw how this episode is running long already. Um, was there another Peacemaker thing I wanted to say? The, uh, the, the scene where the butterflies take over the police station was maybe the best directed scene I've seen on TV this year, and it's ridiculous. But uh, James Gunn's good at directing. There's this cool scene. He's good with the, you know, every everybody tried to rip rip off the needle drops after Guardians of the Galaxy, and nobody does it quite as well as he does. I mean, I know Quentin Tarantino does it too, but he kind of dialed it back for his period movies. I don't know about Once a Time in Hollywood because I didn't see that. Was it good? Did it have good needle drops? I don't know. I'm probably not going to pay attention if you tell me. Uh, point is, good show. I'm going to be sad when the season's over. Especially sad if anything happens to anybody. I love these idiots. Uh, I, 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 I teared up a little when, when, uh, when his eagle got punched. Because I was very worried about the eagle. Uh, I'm a sensitive man. That's all there is to it. Um, speaking of sensitive men... I, as a sensitive man, wow, that is, I was just trying to segue into reminding you that TeasedbySummer.com is, is the absolute best, uh, amazing t-shirts, amazing mugs, um, in, including the Apive. Uh, it makes me very happy whenever somebody buys an Apive t-shirt. Uh, several of my friends have them. They look amazing. Uh, I wear mine uh, not much now because it's 10 degrees but when weather permits love wearing that shirt it's great uh, all of them are great it's just just such good work from a from a uh, absolute delight of a human being uh, so you can buy it's, it's one of those those great experiences where you get to you get to you can buy something good that you will enjoy and you know who reaps the benefit? A nice person. So look, we're, we can all be winners here. Teasebysummer.com, the best. One of these days I'm going to write an ad first just so I don't end up uh, freestyling my way through, you know, just absolute mumble mouths about how much I like Tease by Summer. A lot is how much. Uh, hey, that's it for this week. I don't know what I'm going to talk about next week. I'll talk a little bit about Iron Man because I'm going to watch that before I record. First in the Marvel movies. Let's uh, let's get into it. Uh, who knows what else is happening? We'll see. I'll try to do something so I have something to talk about. Uh, thanks for putting up with me. Uh, check out the Ape Hive uh, later this week. I should have something about Peacemaker. Um, 
EJ Fettis on Twitter, EJ underscore Fettis on Instagram. Uh, I posted some funny Batman Valentines that I've uh, accrued over the years. Um, I think I posted something else funny at some point. I can't guarantee it. Uh, I posted a selfie that has now made two people stop following me, which my self-esteem was not great to begin with, and now it is... It's in the toilet. Uh, so, I don't know. Check that out. Help me feel better about myself. Uh, thanks for listening. Hopefully I will remember my microphone and next week will sound better. Uh, but I make no promises. I don't sleep. I can't remember how things work. Uh, so I thank you for putting up with me and all my many, many issues. Goodbye. Fed Talks is a full boys production. Wah, 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 wah.